Marty, can you hear me okay? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm great. Are you great? Doing just fine, man. Nice to see you. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for making the time. I'm going to say good morning, but it's it's good evening out here. And I just learned the biggest lesson of all, daylight savings time. Um, does it not exist in Japan or it does not? Okay. So I, certain parts of the world, it, it just doesn't exist. So now I know. Okay, so good morning. Uh, is your day going so uh, far so fine? It's all good, man. Nice to see you here. Likewise, uh, the new album, Tokyo Jukebox 3, implies it's a sequel. It's a series and all that. Do you have in your mind that there's going to be like 14 of them, or is it one album at a time? I hope there's 14 of them. I love doing it. I just uh, It's a thrill. It's a huge, massive challenge every time, but uh, yeah. I hope there's tons of them yeah i remember uh from an old friend uh scott murphy i don't know if you ever encountered him. okay you know scott his band alistair started doing covers albums around 05 06 something around there and it, it seemed to be this big craze in japan of covers album that peaked and then flopped and then now it's back again which is a wonderful thing for you, is it a big challenge to pare down the songs? Yes. Um, if you're going to do a cover, there's got to be a purpose to the fact that I'm actually doing the cover. It can't just be, right. oh, I like it, so I'm covering it. You've got to find like these miracle connections with the song. All of a sudden, something breaks and it becomes something new and wonderful rather than just paying homage to a song that you like. Yeah, It's got to... I really destroy the songs before I, <laughs> I really do. It's like uh, with, with all the love in my heart, I completely destroy the songs, wreck them completely, and then reconstruct them uh, with the essence of the original song, but also with some, a new purpose. So it can be a complete option to the original and also hopefully make people curious to hear what the original was outside of Japan. In Japan, everybody knows the originals. Outside yeah. of Japan, no one really knows the originals. So there's that in the, in the process, you know, really, because uh, knowing that I'm going to play this stuff worldwide, it's really, uh, it's kind of a responsibility to do it in such a way that I'll drag people into checking out the originals. Yeah, you are known to be a musical encyclopedia I'm the one complimenting you here. You didn't call yourself that. <laughs> and I know it all started for you with the Ramones and Kiss, like most people in the hard rock world. And then you got a little more mature. And then you came back to the Ramones and Kiss and all that in the best of ways. But one of the things that fascinates me about the music scene of Japan is how many American artists that we think of as these legendary Mount Rushmore artists who either never toured Japan or never meant anything in Japan. Like from what I understand, Tom Petty was never a big deal in Japan. The replacements, who cares? But then you talk about the ventures and they outsold the Beatles supposedly two to one in the sixties in Japan. Have you ever chosen a song for one of your compilations or to cover and you show to the label or management and they go, who? 
we've never heard of them. Well, I've never really covered uh, non-Japanese artists. In the past, uh, you have, but... I have? I thought you have. I've heard you on a few tribute albums, unless those are just weird. Ah, uh, yeah, I've done a couple of tributes. You know your stuff. Um, Sorry. Yeah, those are <laughs> kind of just, just kind of one-off things, but... Uh, yeah. No, nah, um, I know what your question is. It's a good question, but I've never really done covers really done covers aside from Japanese covers. Got it. So in general, when I look at your, the ascent of your career, it blows my mind that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yet it all seems to be organic as opposed to just sitting around going, how are we going to get bigger? So for example, the government asking you to write a song, an official song of Japan uh, I can't imagine that was the game plan when you moved to Japan and was it 03? Yeah, yeah. It definitely wasn't the game plan. Um, would have never dreamed. I would have never dreamed that I was going to actually live here. Um, I'm just like a rock and roll guitar player from D.C. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would have never dreamed that uh, I'd become a, an ambassador to Japan Heritage and write a piece of music for myself in the Tokyo Philharmonic. Yeah. And but, you know, these things happen if you just keep keep going ahead and keep just doing what you want to do. Some sometimes people you don't expect to come to the party show up. You know, I mean, I've never really been the most mainstream, trendy type of um, artist at all. Never had the like big, huge moment of really trendy moment, but like probably because of that, I've been able to keep a steady growth in my career very little by little and uh, not uh, backtrack too much. So it's been fortunate that I never really had that big smash one thing that everyone knows me for. People know me for different things and yes. that's fine. Mm. It gets harder and harder to define you. That's where I was kind of leading with yeah. because they used to use that term, always oh, the Ryan Seacrest of Japan. I, I, I whatever that is but you know the thousands of television appearances over time because i got to see back in the day rock fujiyama some clips that loved that that was just oh, like a lot of fun and you've written books and newspaper articles and so as you said a lot of people know you from different things so at this point in your career it it's hard to just go, yeah, that guitar player, Marty Friedman. Was there ever a point when you were just, and feel free to go, no, that's a stupid question. But was there ever a point where you kind of went, man, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm losing track of guitar. I don't want to be thought of as anything but a guitar player. Uh, well, no, not really. But um, I guess like maybe like a couple albums ago, like around Wall of Sound time. Mm hmm it got to the point where I was just doing so much television that um, it started to mentally click that um, at least in Japan, more people were knowing me from television and that, that type of appearances than for music. Mm -hmm. uh, although the television stuff only helped my music. It only helps spread the music. It only helps promote me. I mean, in Japan, if you do a tour, it's only a couple of weeks long at the longest. So what are you right. going to do for the other 50 weeks? <laughs> so, so I'm very thankful to have other outlets, but then I really wanted to make a statement 
with Wall of Sound that um, even though people might know me from other public things, that uh, my music is really the only reason I'm really here and everything else is just kind of like, kind of a bonus. So uh, Wall of Sound, I really kind of outdid myself and I think it's my best all original album by far. And, uh, and you know, I, I've always put everything into my music and sometimes the times you put nothing into it is when you succeed and when you <laughs> put everything into it, nobody cares. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's so weird that way, but um, I cannot complain. And uh, I just do what I do. And if anybody joins the party, that's great. I can't figure out if you are working 18 hours a day on everything or you're kind of a first take kind of artist. Hey, if I didn't get it on the first take, we'll do a second and then screw it. I can't figure that out about you. Well, um, definitely not that. Uh, I often get things in the first take, but I also often take 150 takes to get a two-second line down. So there's really no rhyme or reason. It's just getting what's in here and in here, getting it out till I think it's okay. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes not. I, I only know when it's right. And um, if it's right right away, then all the better go out and grab something to eat. But um, <laughs> if it's not right, I'm in there all day and all night till it does. So I know music is an all involving kind of thing for you, but what's your number two hobby or passion? That one I couldn't figure out either. Uh, I don't really have hobbies, so to speak. Um, yeah, if, if I was in Vegas, I'd be gambling. I love gambling. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, my music allows me to enjoy other things that would be normally called a hobby, like traveling. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because of my music, I'm traveling, not recently, but traveling all the time. Um, and being in parts of different cultures and and meeting people from other cultures and learning about their cultures and especially their music, kind of all, anything that would be a hobby kind of funnels its way into my music. Hmm. I'm finding uh, surprising hobbies from hard rock oriented people. And part, is it okay if I call you a hard rock person? Cause I know sure. you're running stuff in the classical realm and all that. Some people sure. are, I am not hard rock, Like, good luck telling Ingve he's a hard rock guy. You'll- Whatever you call me is all right. Well, I did my research here. Uh, I'm finding that when you speak with hard rock people, they're generally the smartest of any genre. They're the nicest. They get out all the aggression within the performing and within the craft. And in turn, they have the most surprising hobbies. And the number of heavy metal and hard rock people that are into fishing just blows my mind. So I didn't know if you were going to go, oh, number two is fishing or golf. No, I'm not really um, coordinated enough for that. Um, but, uh, I, I do know a lot of guys who are into that. Not you know, when, you, when you're doing heavy metal, it's really, uh, you really all encompassed by this massive wall of chaotic noise and aggression. Yeah. So fishing sounds like a completely viable relaxation thing. Got it. Uh, so one of the things that I brought up earlier was the artists 
who were surprisingly not huge in Japan, but are like Mount Rushmore. I remember 10, 12 years ago, something like that, when the Stones toured Japan and it was like a small arena show and Richie Kotzen opened up the show. And that was like the big deal. Like, oh my God, Richie Kotzen's opening up those. Did you ever have the kind of interest in trying to bring more awareness to American artists that inspired you at all? And it, again, it's okay if this answer is no, I got enough to do, man. <laughs> uh, that's true. I, I never thought about that. And I'm not really interested <laughs> uh, only because um, within my own music, I'm trying to, uh, you know, any artist is really just trying to share their record collection with other people. You know how, how fun that is and how few people want to hear about your favorite records. That's what musicians, <laughs> that's what musicians do with their music. Yeah. You know, it's really there. It's a mirror of their life. It's a mirror of their musical life. It's a mirror of their experiences. Um, music that meant something to a musician finds its way in the body and finds its way out. So like, in a sense, when you're creating music, you're saying, this is what I summed up from all of my musical experiences. Check it out. And so that's kind of the only way to get that to people because no one wants to sit in your house and go through your record collection and say, wow, where, where'd you get that? And tell me the story behind that. Um, of course, we'd love to share that with people because we love to talk about our musical experiences, but I think you've got to put it into music. Then you can let them have it that way. I find well, that's what Tokyo Jukebox 3 is, really. I mean, I would love to go through my Japanese CD collection and say, oh, this is great. You should have seen these guys at Budokan or whatever. But, you know, who's going to listen to that? So, like, I had to put that within my music and get it in there that way. There's always that 5 to 10% of the audience that'll really dig in and want to hear that stuff and buy everything you do and get every B-side. So sure. <laughs> if, if that 5 to 10% is big enough a number, otherwise you're correct with that one. So uh, when you write originals, does it always get written on guitar or have you moved on to piano? It usually comes in my head first, a melody. And uh, since guitar is the only instrument I can really play, um that's usually where it comes out of but you know when i'm making demos i'm using all kinds of different synth sounds or whatever to get the idea down but playing wise i can only really play a, a guitar and then i will just uh um, what's the word um transpose or no um delegate other i'll write for other instruments i'll write for strings i write for piano and then i'll delegate that to someone who that's what they do for a living. Got it. So you actually hear full arrangements in your head? Sure, sure. Wow. Do sure. you ever hear vocal lines also? All the time. That's what I hear first. Wow. That's the most important. Without that, you don't have a song. So uh, and we might, might be a little bit different for me and other people are known for playing guitar is um, I'm really all about pop music vocals mm -hmm. even though what i play is very aggressive and very guitar mania going on um it's it's really the vocal line that keeps me interested in any song mm -hmm. whether that be pop rock metal or classical music um someone's ability uh to play an instrument is never a factor in whether i like something or not 
I just assume that everyone can play or else they wouldn't be making music, right? So um, now that that's off the table, does the music appeal to me or not? Right. And uh, I find for my taste, a strong vocal line is is usually a good a good start. And another thing I brought up earlier is I know the Ramones were a big early influence on you. There's moments on Wall of Sound that have that kind of vocal thing going on, just like one or two moments in my opinion, but are there unreleased Marty Friedman songs that kind of sound like the Ramones? Um, the closest thing is um, on one of my albums I, called Loudspeaker, I did a song called Black Orchid, where it's like one of the most intense guitar acrobatic songs there is, but the main riff the main motif is like straight out of the ramones and i've never heard anything like that of course it didn't set the world on fire um no one really talks about that song but um i think it's very unique because the ramones were never known for their progressive <laughs> leanings but i i forced it in there and it's really i think it's very very interesting uh, not that it's good or not it's just interesting I have to dig into that one, and I'm going to do that. now. Yeah, check it out. Called Black Orchid. Black Orchid. Uh, the most progressive thing I would say that the Ramones did was the D.D. King album. Did you ever hear the D.D. King rap album? Oh, yeah. Funky, funky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But none of that in your uh, aspirations, I would assume. We don't see uh, I would, You know, I would love to be in a Ramones tribute band. I've done it a couple times, and uh, it's so fun. Uh, I was in a tribute band for a couple of shows and we played the entire Ramones live album from top to bottom, including all of the talking. The chicken vindaloo part? Yep, all that, all that, straight from top to bottom. And it was a joy. I would love to do that again. Cool. Well, bring it back to you here. Um, you seem, every time I see an interview with you or read uh, something that you've said, you seem to be a very consistent, well-tempered human being. So you seem like you've held up well during COVID-19, even though you haven't been able to do a lot of the things that you want to do. Do I have that correct, at least? Uh, yeah, I've held up pretty good. I mean, I've been lucky. You know, a lot of uh, my friends have been on tour and the plug got pulled or yeah. worse yet, just before a tour where you've rehearsed and done pre-production and rented gear and vehicles and all that. And then you yeah. plug pulls outside, no horror stories. I got none of that. I had a tour coming up that got canceled before we started any money spending. Um, and uh, I've had a tour postponed. I've had a Tokyo Marathon opening ceremony postponed. But aside from that, um, really, I've been lucky. It gave me much more time to work on Tokyo Jukebox 3, um, uh, I, I'm, my family's healthy, I'm healthy. Um, and I've had a lot of time to do work that I need to get done with, with Tokyo Jukebox 3 and two videos made and, um, a lot of other projects that, you know, frankly, wouldn't have got done if it weren't for COVID. So I, I'm almost thankful. I'm not thankful for the way it happened, but I'm thankful for the chunk of time that allowed me to do other work. And, um, so I'm, I'm one of the very fortunate ones. 
I see what you mean. It gave me the chance to digitize some of my old interviews, catch up on different projects that didn't get done. In your case, did you discover any unreleased stuff, any archival stuff that you didn't know was there? There's so much stuff that I don't know is there. I, I just, I don't even go there. I'm not really a, I don't really go back and review stuff much. Um, I always trying to do new stuff and only if I were in a severe, uh, what's the word? Writer's drought writer. of uh, drought and I needed something. I, I don't even think I would go back then. I've got hard drives full of stuff that didn't make the record and, but I just think there must be a reason it didn't make the record. And so I'd rather just start something new. Fair assessment. Well, being very respectful, mindful of your time, got time for three more quick questions. Let's do them. First one, does anyone in the world with your permission call you Martin? Or are you Marty to everybody? Call me Martin? Yeah. Actually, people do. Um, it happens in Japan. Um, it happens in Japan because people like if, for example, if I'm doing a radio program that I've never done before in a different kind of market, uh, they, they might look me up on Wikipedia and then they'll find my name is pronounced. They'll have my passport name, Martin, you know, they have that in there. So they'll find that there and, I think they're just trying to be polite. That happens. I don't mind. But you know, someone just, I'm doing a classical concert and they did up a flyer for me doing it. And they put my name as Martin Friedman. And I'm like, that's, that's not my artist name. So change it. But um, I don't mind it at all. Okay. Next question has nothing to do with anything. But as a guy who likes pop, but also likes people who can really play music. What is the best Van Halen album? I don't know, best. Everyone has their own their own flavor, but I like the first two by far the most. And I kind of fell off the boat right after that. Mm, refreshing answer. You don't get a lot of Van Halen twos, but I respect the, the, the first two, one and two. Yes. Respect the hell out of your opinion. The closer, Marty, it can be as short as you want, as long as you want, and include as much self-promotion as you want. Any last words for the kids? Um, yeah, just be safe, you know, and the safer you all are, the sooner we'll all start touring and sweating together again. Um, until then, definitely check out the, the latest video for a song called Makinaide. It's a lot of fun. And the Tokyo Jukebox album comes out in April the 16th. And um, I'm pretty sure you're all going to love it. It's, it's really a labor of love. And there's a ton of cool stuff on there that uh, I really dig it. And uh, hopefully you will too. Whether it's you playing somebody to the ring, you doing a live show, you doing a studio album, whatever it is, I'm a fan. So just keep up the greatness and looking forward to everything I appreciate that. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for your support, Darren. I really Thanks. appreciate it. Stay, Stay safe. Well, I have the pleasure of speaking to two legends who won't call themselves legends, but I'm calling legends and champions and all that. So actually, this is a question for Eddie to answer first. Do you remember the first time that you two met? 
Like officially met? Officially met, because I knew you knew of each other. You're at the same events and all that. But, you know, we as outsiders have no idea if weight classes, for different weight classes actually hang out with each other or you're like kept in different hotels or anything. I think I think the first time I officially met DJ was uh, I, I think I won the UFC title and we did we did a appearance event together. Am I wrong about that? Or did I meet you before that, DJ? Nope, you're correct. We met each other in Las Vegas after you won a title against uh, RDA. Yep, yep. I had to win the belt to meet to meet this guy. He's on Mount Rushmore, so no, so I can get close to him, or else, or else I'd have, he would have never blessed me with his presence. <laughs> well i'm sure about that if the people from different weight classes are like kept separately or if just everyone is in the same hotel the same restaurants and the same catering no we're we're in the same a hotel restaurant same catering um you know we're, we're both athletes only difference between us is just the weight but you know we both have families we both uh strive for greatness so yeah but that's that's when we met was in um las vegas international fight week he just won the belt uh against rda and then the next day we had a sit down a q a with the fans got it so before eddie came on the line i asked him if he had known like long in advance that the that one was coming to tnt and had to keep it a secret or not did you know it and have to sit on it uh no, I think I think we were going to do this. Um we we're gonna do this at an earlier event, but I, I got injured and um and uh we weren't weren't able to do it. I, it was unfortunate, but I think it was gonna be done previously, but uh we had a we had a we had a uh change of plans. Got it. So the fact that all elite wrestling airs from eight to 10 on TNT. And then you guys get that big lead in kind of audience that must be exciting. And it must have a big crossover. Are either of you familiar with AEW all elite wrestling? A little bit here and there. Yourself, um, Eddie? No, I'm not. I'm not actually. Um, yeah. I don't know much about it. It's well, it's interesting to see that in these days, professional wrestling, so many wrestlers want to be MMA fighters and so many MMA fighters want to be wrestlers. So you never know who's a diehard using, looking to use which one as a launching pad. Clearly not you guys. You are real true fighters. I would say yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I, you won't see me in the, uh, doing any, any sort of wrestling anytime soon. Um, it's as real as it gets. I'm going to keep it real. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. And I'm, I'm going to keep it inside inside the circle. Um, you won't see me in any wrestling. wrestling oh, our loss. So you both have big fights coming up next month on this card that we're going to see on TNT on the main event broadcast of the whole thing. But this question goes to you both. What's coming up for you besides this big event in uh, April? DJ, you first? Um, you know, for me, we just launched two toys we launched uh, the anime bobblehead and we just launched our youtube's mighty collection from my gaming side uh, other than that you know nothing really we're just focused on staying healthy and get ready for this fight i'm doing a uh, something launching something with Toomey, uh travel backpacks but other than that it's all about fighting merchandising eddie anything to add there as the future plans that are not secrets 
Yeah, I I always I'm a big investor in real estate stocks, um, things of that sort. So I I've owned a real estate company since I was, so I was like twenty twenty five ish something like that. So I'm always da- dabbling in that, finding new projects to get into. Um, um, I got my shirt on here, the Maud House. It's a it's a bar restaurant in PA that um we serve the best Philly cheesesteak there is, the Witter Wadowski. <laughs> um, do doing stuff like that, but. My main focus right now um, that's got my attention is April 7th. Um, it's it's what I believe will be put me in line for title contention uh, to get that one championship belt. Outro cast.